Hello and welcome back to Parenthood Peaks and Troughs. This is uh, episode 5, to routine or not to routine. And uh, thankfully I'm joined again by uh, Dion, my wife here, my co-host. So let's get into it. Hi guys, uh, apologies for not seeing you last week. As uh, Amit told you, the pitfalls of having a toddler means you get all of the germs that they bring home. Uh, and feeding on quite nicely from the last episode, which um, I thought was really good because it's nice to hear from a dad's perspective. And I think a lot of you dads out there may well be struggling in those early weeks. So it's kind of nice to hear from someone that's already been through it. So to routine or not to routine. As Amit touched upon last week, we did struggle a lot. And when dad goes back to work, I particularly felt sort of like quite alone, like, oh my goodness, what am I going to do? I've got a baby. And we did try to kind of muddle through and kind of go with the flow initially. Um, And again, as Amit said previously, this didn't work for us because Amelia has been quite a bad sleeper from the very get-go. So what did we learn from the mistakes we made in the early weeks? Start early. Routines give infants and toddlers a sense of security and stability. They help them to feel safe and secure in their environment. It's corny, but it's absolutely true. And guys, when you're at home, whether you're a stay-at-home dad or a stay-at-home mum, come two weeks when most dads' paternity end leaves, you're on your own. And it was a kind of an eek moment for me. Around about this time, babies sleep around 15 and a half to 17 hours a day total. Sounds great, doesn't it? However... Not all of that is overnight, around eight to ten hours, and you're looking about six to seven days, uh, hours of sleep during the day over three to four naps. But every baby's different. Every baby is going to prefer to have different awake windows. Um, And as I said, starting early for us was was a key, starting by creating a variety of routines. And for us, that started at bedtime um, and feeding times, and then you can work it from there to fit around your schedule. And actually, it was uh, one of my colleagues... Um, from at work who recommended the bath bottle and then bed routine um, which actually proved to be quite successful Um, to this day actually yeah to this day and it's something that um, I I I now recommend to uh, friends and family um, because I think that you know the warm water um, in the bath helps to sort of wind the baby down a little bit um, helps them to relax and then the milk obviously satiates them for the next few hours at least. Um, if they have a if they have a full bottle, or or even if you know they're breastfeeding, then um, and and then hopefully by that point, you know, after a full day, um, they're getting quite drowsy, and you can hopefully um, then lay them down for the night. Okay, what we're all really concerned about in the early weeks is the much-needed sleep. So as I said earlier, you're looking around eight and a half to ten hours overnight, six to seven hours during the day over three to four naps. You can, your, every baby's going to be different. And for us, what was really important, and I wasn't very good at this, I'll hold my hands up to it, is learning to read tired cues. Now for Amelia, she is an eye rubber. She's a whiner. <laughs> She'll get this kind of moaning, which we both heard during the night. And you're like, okay, you're tired. It's time for you to go to bed now. Um, it can be other cues such as ear flicking and rubbing, dark circles under the eyes, blank stares, yawning and stretching, loss of interest. 
they can become still and quiet. Uh, another thing Amelia did in the very early days was she would like to rub her face on things, whether that was a muslin, your face, um, a teddy. She has a comforter. And it's so, so important until you can work out the window that your baby can stay awake in those early days, looking out for those tired cues so that you can get them down before they become overtired. Because trust me, an overtired baby is much, much harder to settle. And it almost sounds like a contradiction in terms that a baby should be overtired. So in fact, it then doesn't sleep. Um, but actually, it, it, it's very true. They they almost go past the point of being tired and then they just become simply miserable and they don't really want anything other than for you to comfort them, um, which doesn't help them and really doesn't help you. In the early weeks, I should add here actually that you're probably going to be feeding and changing very much on demand with baby, whether that's breastfed, bottle fed, however you're going to do it, um, and that's perfectly fine. But as they um, near further towards four to eight weeks, you'll notice that they can spend slightly more time awake, they're tracking you more with their eyes, they can go longer between feeds, and you can work out just how far you can push that before your baby gets um, tired. Now, when it comes to nap times during the day, I can only speak from experience and Amelia um, has, has pretty much, she likes to nap. She's not a kid that likes to nap on the move unless it's in the car. So she likes to be in her cot and she goes down tired but awake and she has settled herself from around about five months. And that did involve some crying, I'm not going to lie, because we recognised those cues of some whiny whingy and I was there with my mum one day and thought I was going to lose my mind and my mum was there to reassure me to say look she's tired and you being with her doesn't get her to sleep and lo and behold after about eight minutes she was asleep and she they're they're fast learners these babies you know they're they're building neurons at, at an amazing rate so their their ability to learn is is really unprecedented so allowing them the time to learn these skills is the best thing you can do for them and as Amit touched on earlier Bedtime routines, literally after a few days, we, we started bath, bottle, bed, and it really does work. Even to this day, I have friends that struggle and say, oh, you know, my kids are really playing up at bedtime. Mm. They're fluffing around, don't they? Mm. And, we, you know, touch wood, <laughs> I'm rubbing the table here. The, we, you know, we've been really quite blessed in so much as we've, I know we've been touched on sickness and getting her to stay asleep during the night can sometimes be an issue. And I'll move on to that in a moment. She's never been an issue at bedtime. She understands what it is and she's two now. And she will get to the point now where she'll say, Mummy, nap time, Daddy, sleepy. And she will indicate to you that she wants to go. So she, you know, that routine it hasn't faltered for us literally since she's been about a week old, has it? No, no, it's been good actually. And because of that, I don't think it matters who does it either because we've had you do it, grandparents do it. And she understands that set routine. Yeah, I think I think that's you know it's it's one of those things where they start to uh, almost um, preempt you taking them upstairs and putting them into the bath, and they start to um, look forward to playing with toys and you know the the rubber duck and all the rest of that sort of stuff in the bath, and and then of course they're anticipating quite eagerly the milk that's going to be coming so um, you can give them things to look forward to and also for Amelia she had a comforter um, which she she's kept hold of to this day um, and a book that we decided that you know after she's had her milk um, of an evening 
we would then try and read her a bedtime story, which again helps to slow her down. Um, you know, we soften the lights uh, so that the lighting in the room was quite dim. And then you read her, uh, read her the story and she would be pretty much at that point quite drowsy and may, may even start to fall asleep on you. And then you could just sort of sort of scoop them up and, and put them in their cot. Right, so by around about 12 weeks, babies will sleep around about 15 hours in total. That's increasing to 10 hours at night. Hurrah, say the parents. And around five over the day, and that will go over three naps. So what does that look like? Right, okay, for Amelia, at those days, she was having half an hour in the morning, around about eight, nine o'clock. She'd been up since about six she would have an afternoon nap of around an hour and a half to two hours and that would start at 12.30. And at that point she was having an afternoon nap of around about an hour for three o'clock uh, for it to be in bed for six. So she had an awake window of around about three hours. But as I say, every baby will be different. Again, speaking from experience, what did our routine look like for putting her down? So I'd kind of, I felt like I kind of nailed what her awake and, and tired signals were like. And I was really lucky, as I said, that I had my mum with me. And so Amelia would start rubbing her eyes. She'd get a bit whiny and disinterested. So we'd take her upstairs. And it's really important, I can't highlight enough here, that children, babies, toddlers go down awake but tired. So as soon as you see in those cues, you kind of, at the early stages, you're whisking them away. And whether that is a breastfeeding or a bottle before they go down, a cuddle. Some babies like to be tapped on the back or the bottom, um, like to be, have parent presence. However you feel you want to do it. For us, Amelia is very much didn't really want to be involved with us with her sleep. She didn't know how to settle herself, but wanted to be on her own. And that, as I said, did involve some crying. And she mastered that within about a week, I have to say. Hardest week of my life, I won't lie, especially when Amit was at work. And, you know, I was desperate for him to come home and help. But we did manage it, and as I say, to this day, she is an absolute pro at settling herself. She'll tuck herself in. Um, for us, what helped is um, a dummy. I'm not going to lie, they're not for everybody, they're not for every child. But for, for us, it did work. And to, to this day, she doesn't have it during the day, but she understands that the dummy lives in her cot. She has that at nap time, and she has that at bedtime. And when she wakes up in the morning, she puts it behind her pillow, and she knows that's where it lives. She also has a comforter, a little rabbit called, she calls Hop. Um, and oh, what would our lives be like if Hop ever went missing? Probably not great, to be honest. Yeah. Um, Hop, as I say, she likes to rub her face on Hop and rub his ears when she's tired. And she'll do, use that to resettle herself during the night. It's great if your child can have something that when they wake during the night, they can reassociate with going back to sleep and... Uh, another thing uh, Amit and I um, could probably touch on, do you remember, the, I, I lost count of the amount of times during the night that you're having to replace an infant's dummy um, when they wake up and they can't find it. But as I said, for us it was well worth it because as soon as she had that dummy, didn't she, she would, she would go back off. Yeah, I mean, I think on that point, dummies, you know, they're a gift and a curse because, of course, it is easy for... for for parents to perhaps lean on on the dummy or pacifier i think they call them in the states um but unfortunately you know it, it comes with it with with the catch and that's that 
you know, the baby will inevitably look to that to um, to calm themselves down whenever they're getting a little bit, uh, you know, tired or ratty. And that will then extend to needing several dummies throughout the day in different places. So mm. if you can avoid them, I would say mm. avoid them. But if you are getting to the stage where you just are really struggling, then um, by all means, you know, try it out and see how it works. Some babies just don't like them. They don't like mm. the, um, cousin the shape. And, yeah. yeah but uh, for others, you know, it works quite mm. well. And Amelia was one of those. She, I hasten to add, she was a um, what was called a comfort suckler. So when I was breastfeeding, she would need something to suck on in order to comfort herself to go to sleep, which was why we introduced the dummy. And as I said, it did work for us. So hopefully by now you've worked out your baby's tired cues and you're managing to get baby down. However, you need to do that before they get overtired. Overtired babies, as I said, become harder to settle. Um, and not just that either. If they ha like Amelia wasn't napping much during the day, sometimes she'd have an hour all day. And as a result of being overtired by the time she came to bed, she was having multiple night wakes. And I'm talking every two hours up to around almost a year old. And it, it does break you. So early effort with the routine can pay dividends further down the line. I hasten to add that just when you think you've nailed it and you kind of got the hang of the routine, there'll be a regression, a growth spurt, a milestone. Oh, these all affect... These all affect that as well, you're right, as does teething. Um, for us, um, I downloaded a really cheap app. It was about £2 called Wonder Weeks. And it tells you based on your child's due date when they are likely to go through mental milestones. Uh, so that's like big increases in brain size and head circumference. Um, and in those early days, they go through them, it feels like every five minutes. But for us, it was, I found it was spot on. Like you could tell when she was getting over clingy, over whiny, it would affect her sleep even more at night and during the day. Um, and for us, it, it really did work. And for a couple of pounds, it's well worth it. You can get the book as well if you want some more in-depth information about guiding your children through their leaps as they develop. Completely up to you. Uh, as, the, as your baby gets a little bit older, and as I say, you've you've kind of feel like you've got into your rhythm of naps, feeding, etc. Uh, around about six weeks, um, the circadian rhythm starts to develop. Now, that's the baby's understanding between night and day. And I was given some really good advice um, on this, and it's, it's quite simple. It's bright, happy days and dull, dark nights so what does that mean so for us nap times and bedtime we have she has blinds in her room but she also has a blackout blind over the top of that she has had white noise since around three or four months I think she yeah. likes she quite likes the waves um, and to be fair for the months that I've spent sleeping on her bedroom floor on and off even I've slept better with it on and she has that to this day she sleeps much better with it. It can hold and hide a multitude of sins. Like next door, we're having an extension built. White noise covered that. Someone knocking at the door. White noise covers that. And she really does settle better with it. But you can choose to have that and choose not. The one piece of advice I give you all the way through this, um, and I think possibly something we were guilty of, is not to expect perfection. 
from you or your baby. Your baby is learning, so are you. Your baby is developing and so are you. So allow yourself a little bit of leeway. So the next bit I'm going to touch on is the elusive, some may say fictional, sleeping through. This actually means self-settling for all night wakes because as an adult you will know I wake up several times a night but I'm able to put myself back to sleep and this is exactly what your baby needs to learn to do. Some babies are great, they can actually master this skill around 12 weeks and I have friends whose babies have done that and I applaud you, congratulations, well done, you've got a sleeper. As I said for us it didn't quite work out that way. So a little bit of the technicality behind it and when you're not sleeping through the night because your baby's awake you do a lot of internet browsing like why isn't my baby sleeping and Amit and I would send messages during the day you know I found this should we try this Um, and things that we found useful is realizing that for example newborns they sleep in periods of two to four hours and they get what's called REM sleep so that rapid eye movement sleep so they're easily woken They've got very small tummies, so they need to feed more often. So you can't expect them to be sleeping through or self-settling very often around about that age. As I said, some kids do it and that's fine. Around about one to three months, those day naps start to shorten. The night sleep starts to lengthen gradually. And between six to eight weeks, baby's awake window, you're looking around about two hours maximum. Anything longer than that. And you're looking at an overtired baby, as I said earlier, which is harder to settle. So, a bit of advice I'm going to interject here is don't break the habit. Consistency is key. There are times when I know I have driven Amit, frankly, bonkers. Because I say, we can't go out, Amelia has to nap, it has to be after this time or before this time. But... Since we've stuck to a very consistent routine, we have reaped the rewards. And don't get me wrong, as they get older, that sleep becomes more and more flexible. They need less of it. And it does allow you more flexibility to go out as a family. But I think consistency really, really is key. I made the mistake of missing a lot of awake windows. I didn't put her down in time. I thought we could go out or stay out later. And for for us, it didn't really work. Um, But I found that that it's been much, much easier to handle Amelia with a very consistent routine. That being said, there are things, even outside of a good routine, which can affect your baby's sleep and how they will feed. And again, I can only comment on things that affected us. So a big thing for us quite early on was a dairy allergy. And uh, Amelia was, she had an intolerance to the protein in cow's milk, so she had to have a uh, a special formula that was prescribed to her. And symptoms of that that we had were vomiting, she had blood in her stool, she had pain when passing her stools. Um, She also wanted kind of short regular feeds as well when she was on the original formula, which we were told was uh, of an indication of some difficulty processing the uh, cow's milk formula that we'd put her on. Um, as a result of that, she also has eczema, but I think she also has mum and dad to thank for that. Uh, so dry skin, itchy, and initially she had it like weeping behind her ears. She had it in her scalp. She was kind of riddled with it, really hard to work with. Uh, but key to that is 
moisturising their skin and do speak to your GPs if you've got any concerns in relation to any allergies, intolerances or skin conditions. Uh, actually, to, 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 that ex, uh, to that end, I think it's very important to um, point out that obviously the two aren't linked, but they're both conditions that are quite common. Um, and for babies that suffer with eczema, uh, aqueous creams are very helpful. Uh, you should apply them regularly where you can so that the skin really does stay moisturised. Um, that prevents it from drying out and then uh, subsequently from itching. So just a top tip there, grab hold of some aqueous cream. It's mostly just water-based um, and apply that liberally in the mornings and in the evenings before bed and that should help uh, improve the eczema symptoms as will keeping the baby's nails short. Um, you know, it is really nerve-wracking initially cutting your baby's nails, but they will thank you for it in the long run because it prevents them really scratching at their skin. Um, obviously, you can use mitts, um, but you may find, as we did, that they will tend to try to take them off during the night um, or they may just come off of their slip off of their hands. So uh, just try to keep the nails as short as possible without going too short, um, which should help to, to keep those symptoms to a minimum. That's a good point. Uh, another thing we had, cradle cap, if I recall. Um, we tried a few home remedies for this and a few people said, oh, have you put oil on their scalp? And I have to admit, Amelia, she had it all over her scalp and she's <laughs> she's quite a hairy baby. Annette and I both had a lot of hair as babies and she was born with quite a lot of it. So it was really hard to kind of pinpoint exactly where it was and, and being able to apply oil topically to her skin. And I was told if you apply it liberally, leave it on overnight and then brush with a, a soft baby brush the next day, it will just come off. Well, for us, it didn't. Uh, so for what we used was um, something that the pharmacist suggested was a Dentinox shampoo and uh, you know I'll be honest I hold my hand up we still use it to this day because her scalp is so sensitive because of her eczema uh, after a couple of treatments I noticed that you would she, you would lather it up and I would use a soft blush just to rub it in while she was in the bath and it was I was noticing that the the cradle cap was coming off as I was doing that within three or four treatments it had, it had almost gone completely but as I said we still use it today because it is sensitive enough that it doesn't irritate the eczema in her scalp the last thing we had uh, experience of and as I said we were really lucky Amelia Touchwood has been quite a healthy baby but she did suffer and I'm sure Amit has touched on this on a previous episode with some ear infections and I wasn't sure what those symptoms were initially we you know we already had lots of night wake so we weren't sure what that was lots of crying we already had that but one night, I would luck, thank goodness I was home with my mother-in-law. I was bathing her and Amelia was just violently sick, like a lot of sick. And my mother-in-law rushed up to help me. We cleaned her off. Within half an hour of, of, of putting her to bed, Amit was home. She was sick again, all over herself. Um, and this happened a few times. She also had a temperature with it. Uh, cut a long story short... Once we'd contacted the GP, it turned out these were signs of quite bad ear infection. So she spent some time on some liquid antibiotics. As she got more of these, we recognised the symptoms. So once she was starting to get a temperature, it was you can use your Nurofen, your Calpol and your, your various 
options that the pharmacist can point you in the right direction of to help control inflammation and you know temperature um, and that's all great but the, the one thing I can say there is trust your instincts and please please do either dial 111 or speak to your GP directly if you've got any concerns and you think that your your baby is unwell because temperatures in babies can be quite dangerous so do seek some help if you feel you need it. So guys to finish I'm sure I've bored you enough now with um, our routines but just give you a quick example of what a day routine can include for your baby. So for us it's awake, change of nappy, Amelia still likes a glass of milk in the morning, change of clothes, signaling that you're going to start the day. I'll open the blinds and the curtains, turn the light on, we have lots of chatter and interaction. Day feeds, if you're still doing that, we'll have music, chatting, singing, however you like to interact with your baby is fine, but making sure that you're doing feeds in a light, bright room. Make sure you've got everyday noises around. Don't worry about having radios or TVs turned off or whether or not you're hoovering. I still hoover around Amelia when she's having her day nap from time to time. Uh, In the early days as well, if your baby's falling asleep while you're feeding, don't be afraid to sort of wake them gently, like tickle the side of their face or their feet to sign to keep them sort of coherent as as they're having their feed. Don't want them to associate feed with sleep. Um, at this stage if you can can help it and it isn't due their nap time for night time as Amit said earlier for us it's a bath pjs milk and then bed sometimes with or without a story depending on how well she's napped during the day this indicates to Amelia that's the end of the day and it's time to go to bed if you're going to be feeding through the night some advice that I got that worked for us try not to speak to your baby keep your night the light's really low we had like a little egg light that got on a really dim setting we would cover with a muslin um, and the noise really low so that they they, they kind of didn't associate that um, with the same experience they had for day feeds as I said we did try to wing it it didn't work for us and also on that point I think it's really important that you start to ratchet the volume of your voice down as well so that um, you're almost, you know, just speaking above a whisper. So they start to, um, you know, they start mentally to get used to the idea of, of the quiet and the, and, and the uh, nighttime being a time of quiet. And I mean, the white noise, obviously, you can put on whatever volume you feel is right for you. But um, I would always suggest that even when you're reading bedtime stories, that you're you're not perhaps doing it with as much enthusiasm as you might do during the day. That's true. I, I, I tend to get a bit carried away with stories. I've lost count the amount of times Amit's come in to say, um, you're a bit loud. Um, as I say, I do get into stories just as much as Amelia sometimes. Um, as I said earlier, we did try to wing it. It didn't work for us. And we did end up, just as a closing point, leaning on a sleep programme from around six months For us, it was a total game changer and we still use the program to this day. There are lots of sleep programs out there, guys. Don't feel like you have to pay thousands of pounds out. Do your homework, research the the guides and the um, the offers that are out there to you. Speak to your friends and, you know, really do do your homework if you feel that that's a route you need to go down. But for us, it did work. And even to this day, I think Amit will agree that it has been um, a real game changer with Amelia's sleep, do you think? Yeah, definitely. Um, 
I was a bit skeptical at first, but actually, no, it's turned out to be. I'm so glad um, you admitted that. Yeah, yeah, no, it, it has worked um, mostly. And obviously, as Dion mentioned, there are going to be times where it won't work for various reasons, such as teething, growth spurts, um, you know, perhaps even uh, nightmares and things like that, um, temperature fluctuations during the night, um, and even the weather, thunder, mm. lightning, that sort of thing. But um, you know, generally speaking, I would say it is a good idea to follow a plan of some description. And, and how you tailor that is up to you. You'll find certain things work, certain things don't. It's a process of trial and error. But uh, that uh, brings us to the end of today's episode. Uh, thank you very much for tuning in. Um, again, as always, we welcome your comments and suggestions. And if you want to get in touch, the email address will be included in the link to this podcast and we hope to see you again next week so good night goodbye